What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Welcome in. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to the AFC Championship. They're hosting it for the third year in a row. My name is Patrick Allen. I'm here with Matt Verderam. Okay, Matt, that was... Uh, it was it was a little nerve wracking. Uh, a lot to talk about. I'm I'm very I'm I'm happy. I'm also upset. I'm gonna have nightmares about a wobbly Patrick Mahomes probably for the rest of my life. Where how are you, how are you doing emotionally here as we hit the nine o'clock hour on a Sunday night? I'm like so I'm tired, man. I'm really mentally drained. Um, I am <laughs> thankful we got a week before the next game. Um, it, it felt like that game aged me more than any other game I can remember in a long time, um, including the Super Bowl last year. It, it just, it, it was, it was everything that had gone wrong for that team in the 25 plus years I've rooted for them. It was missed kicks. It was dropped interceptions. It was a, a freak injury. And in the end, I guess fittingly, since it's the most recent thing, it was them making the big play when they needed it. And that's the thing that with them is the new thing. They never made the big play when they needed it, ever. They were defined by failing to make the big play when they needed it. And yet, on both sides of the ball, when they had to have it, they reached down deep and they found a way to do it. If they go on and they win the Super Bowl, and maybe they will, maybe they won't, but if they do, to me, this game will always be looked back upon in Kansas City and by Chief fans as the game when they were the prize fighter, the heavyweight champ who got staggered, who almost lost its footing, but regained itself and landed a haymaker. And to me, there's something poetic about that when I think in the outside world, they're viewed as like a one-man team. And today, when that man was gone, they found a way. And they deserve a lot of credit for that. They really do. Absolutely incredible victory for the Chiefs. Let's just get right into it. Chiefs 22, Browns 17. The line was Chiefs minus 10, so if you bet on the Browns, congratulations. The over-under was 56.5, so if you took the under, congratulations on your win. Look, man, I mean, our predictions, I had it Chiefs 34, you had it Browns 24. I'm sorry, I had it Chiefs 34, Browns 24. You had it Chiefs 38, Browns 20. Yep. Frankly, I, th- I think we were heading in that direction before Mahomes got hurt. I, the Browns had absolutely no answer for the chiefs on defense other than the chiefs not making field goals and Harrison Butker getting yips, but they were moving the ball up and down the field on him. Harrison Butker, I think was actively trying to kill us all in that game. Yeah. I agree. Look, how do you, and I've defended him all year. How do you hit a 50 yard field goal with that? I think would have been good from 60, but then an extra point and a field goal from 33 yards and the, Extra point, I think, was more of a holder's issue if you look at that. I think I think they did something wrong with the timing. How do you miss the field goal? It's 33 yards. Like, it's just that that could have been – but, you know, but again, and I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be a lot more positive right now than I was a couple hours ago during the end of that game. 
like my, my poor dad had to get the brunt of that on the phone. I was just screaming through the phone throughout the second half. But, you know, they, they did everything they could have done in a lot of ways to lose this game. The drop pick by Matthew, who, by the way, was unbelievable in the game. Okay, because you also had a pick and made some great plays. Um, Butker misses the extra point. Butker misses a field goal. The Chiefs took penalties. They had, you know, Henny, look, I'm not going to get on him, but I mean, that pick he threw was one of the worst picks I've ever seen in my life. I, I don't know Terrible. what in God's name that was. Ricky Seals Jones, who I think has suited up for as many plays as you and I have this season, somehow gets called yeah. on, on a crackback block. Like, it just, it, by the way, that ought to be the last time Ricky Seals Jones ever plays a snap. Just saying. Yeah. So, you have all this happening, and the Browns are running the ball and they're ripping off yardage, and everything's going on. And Mahomes is gone, and Breland's out of the game, and they're already missing Watkins. They're already missing a layer. You know Remmers is playing under the weather. I mean, all this stuff. And it's going to get lost because of what I'm sure we'll talk about here, which is the very end of the game. That defense, when frankly, I'll be the first to admit, I had no faith they were going to get off the field, came up huge after that Henny pick. They dug in. They three and out at him. And Stefanski said after the game, had that been fourth and manageable, they would have gone for it. But because it was fourth and nine, they felt like they had no choice but to punt the ball away. And, of course, they never got it back. Give the Chiefs a lot of credit. That defense forever in my lifetime would have just folded the tent, let them go right down the field. God knows even two years ago that would have been the case. I give them a lot of credit. When everything felt like it was falling apart, and that'll get forgotten. That'll get lost in the wash. They made the stand of the year. They forced the punt, and then they never had to worry about holding them again. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty incredible. Let's start with the big. Let's start with the big injury, and then let's let's try to work our way back. And, and for me, this is a tale of two games, right? There's before Mahomes got hurt, and after Mahomes got hurt, and they're two vastly different experiences. So let's start with the injury. Mahomes takes kind of a weird hit. I got to be honest with you. I've watched the replay a million times. I still don't understand how he got a concussion. I know your brain's moving around in your head and stuff and there's impact, but his head never hit the turf. His head did not, he didn't get a helmet to helmet hit. I just, you know, you see it sometimes. I don't know if you're, if you ever watch combat sports, but you see it sometimes in MMA, you'll see a guy get clobbered, kicked in the head or something and, and he'll take it on the chin. And then every once in a while, you'll see him just kind of get clipped in the jaw. And, the, you know, it's a, it's a hard hit, but it doesn't look too bad. But they're out. And it can happen. It, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't always have to be uh, really obvious. But obviously, something happened bad to Mahomes. I thought for a minute maybe he got choked out because of the, the positioning of the defender's arm around his neck. But when I watched the replay, it looks like he had him by the, the front of the jersey. It looked like it was clean. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I... Look, I don't think it was a dirty hit or anything. It was just a play that happens. I will admit in the moment, and, and I still feel this I do not understand why you call that play. And I get it. It's a freak thing. He is your franchise. Like, guys, they have no shot, none, if he's not playing on Sunday. And I, I love Andy. I'll defend him forever. I thought Andy had a ridiculously bad game today that, frankly, gets remembered for the ballsiest call of the year. And to the victor goes the spoils. He he called a great play, and it worked. If that play doesn't work, I mean, it, it's one of the all-time like disasters in Kansas City. Now, it worked. Give him credit. They had a great call. But I thought up until that point, I thought, Andy, between some of the clock management decisions they had, and then, you know, they're, they're in a situation there where I just don't understand. You're running the ball for five yards a clip. Like just pound the ball with Damian Williams or Damian with Daryl Williams. It's fine. Just give him the ball. I don't understand why we're running option. It just made no sense to me. And and honestly, not even because my arms got hurt. Even in the moment, I was like, why are they doing this? Um, they need him back. I mean, I'm I'm stating the obvious here, but they need him back because without without him, uh, Chad Henney, an ultimate gutsy performance. They're not beating the Bills with Chad Henney. So let's uh, all keep our fingers crossed and, and pray. 
Now, to get Patrick Mahomes back, he's going to have to go through the NFL's concussion protocol. I'll run through this for you really fast, just so you understand what he has to do. Um, So he's prescribed uh, rest until the signs and symptoms of the neurological examination, including cognitive and balance tests, return to baseline status. Now, Andy said something after the game to the effect of he got the wind knocked out of him and he's passed all the tests that he needs to pass. I'm going to go ahead and guess that what Andy means is maybe Pat's back to baseline, which is a, a, a good sign. He's not still having lingering effects of the concussion. I don't want to conjecture too much because we don't know, but he did, he did say that. That's what he said. So, but that doesn't mean anything. A lot of times overnight, these things can come back. They wake up, you're feeling foggy, you know, so we'll have to see how he does tomorrow. Now, step two, he's got to go through five steps here. Step one's return back to sort of a baseline. Step two right. is under the direct oversight of the team's medical staff, the player can begin doing cardio, basically. And then they're going to the cardio, stretching, and balance training. If the player continues and that's going well, then they can start mimicking sports activities supervised by the strength trainer. The step four is the player continues cardio and strength uh, training and it can participate in non-football activities, throwing, catching, running, all that stuff. And then the last step, step five, he's got to get cleared by the team physician for full football activity. Uh, and he's got to be examined by an independent neurological consultant. So it's not just going to be the chiefs that are going to say, Oh yeah, he's fine. He's not, he's fine. Send him back in there. There's going to be an independent doctor that doesn't have ties to the team. Who's going to have to review Mahomes when the chiefs say he's ready and give him the okay to go back out there. He's going to have to participate in a padded practice. Like that's the last thing, but he doesn't, he can get to the Friday walkthrough and just do the walkthrough and he can simulate padded practice. He doesn't actually have to, Right, he can't get he can't get screwed over because of the NFL's rules about hitting and pads and all that stuff. So, it's about a, probably five days. You know, he he looked good. He jogged down the tunnel. That's all a good sign. But these things are it's different for everybody. So there's no way to say for sure whether he's going to be back for the game. Have you heard any any news from any of your sources, Verderam? No. And I reached out, but surprisingly, or not surprisingly, all's all's quiet. First of all, I mean, they're, they're just kind of waiting to see too, like everybody else. I mean, they really are. It's really just how how do things play out? Um, you know, I, I I did talk to someone close with the team right after the game who was thrilled and in good spirits in general. So I think that's at least a positive sign, and not you know, well, yeah, we won, but it's uh, you know, to the gallows on Sunday. But I think you got to take what Andy Reid said. He's feeling great. Um, it, you know, it's Chad Henney said he was in good spirits after the game. Now, as you mentioned, um, you never know how these things go. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's one of these things where it doesn't matter that he's an athlete and how great a shape he's in. It's his brain. So, how does he recover? Now, I do think you always are, are under the under under the impression I should say that. With every concussion, it gets a little bit worse. This is the first one he's ever had, to my knowledge. So that helps. Um, you know, it's not his third or his fourth, thankfully. And you don't know how bad it was. You know, back in the day, you have a mild concussion. Most guys come back. Now, it's, right. you're, you're better off now, of course, that, no, that, that can't happen. But how many times, I mean, if you're of a certain age, you remember a guy, you know, you'd get the sideline reporter who would just go, yeah, they got a mild concussion. They'll be back in. So... Who knows? What day is it? You know, right. oh, it's uh, Thursday. Close enough. Get back yeah, out. It's, it, right, right. It's November. Fantastic. All right. Um, you can speak. No, so I think it's it's one of these things going to take day by day. I will say though, and this is just my opinion. I like I don't know for a fact. I would be surprised if he does not play. My feeling is just this is the AFC Championship game, and I get it. It's an independent neurologist, but here's a question, and I'm serious. Like. Is that in the independent neurologist? That, is he from Kansas City? Is he from right. the surrounding area? Yeah. I, and I know people might roll their eyes and say it shouldn't matter. Okay, but these people are human. Like, it, it, it maybe shouldn't, and maybe it won't, but there is a part of me that says, and, I, and I'll be blunt, if he is not medically cleared to play, I hope he doesn't play. But I just know the way the world works, and – I would not be shocked if there's a little bit of a, you know, hey, well, yeah, he's all right. You know, he's okay. He looks good enough. Uh, if you don't think that stuff happens in professional sports, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it certainly does. All right, we're going to take our first break. 
On the other side, we'll get a little bit more deeper into the weeds on this game. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. All right, we are back. So not much more to say on Mahomes. He tweeted after the game. Andy said he looks good. He jogged down the tunnel. All good signs that you want to see. Yep. That's that's all you can hope for is that over overnight he his he continues to heal and um it just ends up being one of those freak things, but that it's a minor concussion, and then he's able to be safely back in action next week. All right, let's talk about the beginning of the game, uh pre-Mahomes injury, because I think that's interesting from the standpoint that there was a lot of talk of the Chiefs gonna be rusty and all that stuff. They were not, they came out took the ball, went yep. right down the field and scored a touchdown. They look sharp from the very beginning. And frankly, when you when you go to the end of the game and you look back on how things ended up playing out, thank God they were. Because if this was one of those games where they got off to a slow start and they were losing by six points or the game was tied, they probably don't come out of here with a victory. Yeah. Oh, no question. Um, look, I I thought they were in really good shape. First of all, we haven't even touched on this. Sorensen, and I, I get it could have been a penalty, whatever. It wasn't. Sorensen made an unbelievable play at Incredible. the end of the first half. Yeah, I don't care. Look, I'll, I'll fight anybody in the street who wants to sit there. Well, you know, it's got to be a penalty. What is he supposed to do? It, dive at him yeah. with, with his feet? I mean, if you're Dan Sorensen, you risk the penalty. What do you care? You, you yeah. dive at him. Yeah. And by the way, those penalties, the helmet-to-helmet calls, Leading with the crown. That's almost always called when it's when it's a guy coming head on. It's all you never see that called and somebody dives ever. I I did not even think about it being a penalty until they brought up on the telecast. And frankly, I don't think it should have been a penalty. I thought it was a great football play by somebody who and I tweeted this. If Dan, if Dan Sorensen was only judged by January, he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's he, unbelievable. He really would be. Yeah. The guy makes plays every year. Like it gets forgotten because they lost the game. He was incredible against the Pats in the AFC title game a couple years ago. Yeah. So, you know, he makes a great play. It, it might have saved the season for them. It really might have, looking back on how everything played out. But I thought they were in total control. They go up at the you know, 19-3 at the half. And then Matthew makes a great read on the third down play. Pick off Mayfield. They get the ball first and 10, I believe, to the 15-yard line. And then, okay, the Chiefs three and out. It happens. When Butker missed that field goal, if you're a Chief fan of any age above like 10, you started to go, oh, God. It just <laughs> That should have been the game. And then the Browns go down. I could not believe Stefanski did not go for two. I do not understand that. But he didn't. And then, you know, as the game wears on, I mean, the Chief, you know, Mahomes gets hurt, and you knew at that juncture, like, look, we're going to have to hold on here for dear life. But they did it. And I think it's a credit to everybody involved. It's a credit to the offense that with Henny was able to score a few points and, and was able to run out the clock. Uh, that, you know, that's not easy. When they got that ball back with 4-9 to go, they had to complete a third down. They were able to do it. They pick up third and four. They pick up five yards on a pass to Williams on, on the flat uh, route. And then third and 14, give Henny all the credit. I looked this up. Since 2015, since the start of the 2015 season, Chad Henney has rushed for negative six yards and ran for 13 and a half yards on that play. Negative six. Pretty good. It was for his entire career. Now, Henney, I believe, is a 13-year veteran, if I'm doing this off the top of my head right. Uh, he, in, in 71 career games before today, had rushed for 356 yards. It's five yards a game. And ran for 13 and a half yards and set up what was to me the ballsiest, most insane call I, I can remember, where they ran where they threw a pass on fourth and a foot, if that. And it worked. It worked. It was wide open. And they they moved on. So what did you see early in the game from, from the game plan? What what I mean, what jumped out at me that was really clear was there was a priority of making sure to get the ball in the hands of Tyree kill early smart move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, the chiefs clearly felt like they could use their speed to their advantage in this game. They did not right. respect the Browns on the edges. You saw the Hardman, the little push pass. It went for like 40 yards early. A lot of stuff on the edges to Hill. Um, even Daryl Williams. Or, I, I think the chiefs felt like, look, if we can get around the edge on them, 
their their linebackers are just not equipped to deal with this. Also, has to be said, Kelsey's route on the touchdown against Ward is one of the greatest routes I've ever seen run, and it's not an amazing. Denzel Ward is a really good player. We talked about him on the podcast last week. He is a Pro Bowl, annual Pro Bowl level player. Travis Kelsey is a 260-pound tight end. He destroyed Denzel Ward on that play. I mean, I would be willing to bet if you looked at every snap Ward had this year, he never got beat like that. That was insane. I think Ward's still looking for Kelsey. He doesn't know where he's at. Who, by the way, uh, Kelsey and Hill, each eight catches, Hill with 110 yards, Kelsey with 109 yards, and a touchdown. And got to be fair, we talked about you know Watkins being out. They need somebody to step up. Hardman, 58 yards. You know, Hardman made some plays. Now, I get a lot of it was that 42 yard push, but he made big plays. And Daryl Williams, Daryl Williams, 13 man. carries, 78 yards. He was a man in the pocket, blocking, doing everything he had to do. He had four more catches for 16 yards, obviously came up huge. He was everything they needed. I mean, and, and you know what? If you're a Chiefs fan, beyond just the obvious guys like Hill and Kelsey, you've got to be so proud of the way they played as a team. Lejarius Sneed, who has been terrific all year. Lejarius Sneed was incredible in this game. Played phenomenally. Had a sack. Had two tackles for loss. Uh, Matthew was brilliant. We talked about him. I thought Breland was very, very good in the game. Sorensen we talked about. Yeah. Chris Jones, you look at the numbers. Three tackles, a quarterback hit. Chris Jones constantly was in the backfield, causing problems, causing issues. I, I thought the Chiefs in that game, that is the epitome of a team playing as a team. You know, they only gave up one sack, three quarterback hits in the game. I, I really I, I thought the Chiefs as frustrating as that game was at times, they won because they had 53 guys who were better than the other 53. Yeah, I mean, look, the Browns, they got the running game going in the second half, but early in the game, the Chiefs did a good job of getting the Browns out of doing what they like to do. One, the Chiefs moved the football. That helped, right? Two, they were forcing Mayfield to throw the ball. I think at the end of the first half, the Browns had run the ball six times for like 18 yards or something like that. Yes, that's correct. Serves. Six for 18, um, yep. Yeah, and, and that's exactly where you wanted to be. And if you're the Chiefs going into halftime, all right, the Browns have only run the ball six times. They don't even have 20 yards rushing, and we have a lead. That's all you needed going into the second half. I really do think this continues to be a 10-plus a point win for the Chiefs as Mahomes not get hurt. Here's another thing I want to highlight that people are not going to – they're not going to remember about this game. Jarvis Landry had seven receptions for 20 yards. He had the That's touchdown. Jar- I, I can't tell you, as, as somebody who, I'm from Northeast Ohio, I watch all the Browns games. Jarvis Landry is really good. He is a really, really good player. He bails them out all the time. And since Odell Beckham Jr. went down, he's been the go-to guy. Although I will say Richard Higgins is also re- a really exciting player and credit to him, five receptions, 88 yards. But the Chiefs came into this game and they're like, all right, Jarvis, you're not going to beat us. And he didn't. And that's why you see a guy like David Njoku, who never does anything, comes out and has a game where he catches four balls for 59 yards because somebody has to. Yes. And you're all yes. right with it. You're all right. You Let that's the trade you make. Spagnolo. Yep. Yep. So great job by Steve Spagnolo on the game plan. Eventually, the Browns were going to get the, the running game going. But again, the Mahomes injury changes everything about this game. 100%. Because. Because if he's still on the field, you don't have time to run the ball with those guys like that because you know that he's going to keep scoring more than likely. And it just it changed the game for the Chiefs, and they got Chubb was able to get going. Hunt got a little bit of yardage. Uh, what did you think of his celebration there? You know what? <laughs> I, have you I, seen the Kareem I, Hunt challenge? There's a challenge. I have not. Pe- seen pe- people Hunt. are taking pictures of themselves, you know, laying with the ball. I mean, I like Kareem Hunt and all. As far as I have nothing against a man personally, but what are you doing? Like they're not sleeping on you. They cut you because you kicked a 19 year old woman and lied about it. I just stop now. And look, and by the way, I'm not taking up for the Chiefs here. I mean, we all know the history with Tyreek Hill. The right. Chiefs aren't exactly like in any position to talk. But come on now, 
like just enough out of, out of Kareem Hunt about how disrespected he was. Are you kidding me? You kicked a 19-year-old woman. Just stop. It's ridiculous. Just say, hey, look, I'm grateful that Chiefs drafted me. I'm grateful for the opportunity here with the Browns and move on. Or say nothing. I mean, whatever you want to do. But, geez, I mean, just to continue to make it out like somehow you're the victim in this whole thing is, is pretty brutal, to be honest. It's a pretty bad luck. Yeah, a little bit of a lack of maturity. I would have just kept my mouth shut in that situation and go, you know, just go play ball. Um, and look, it, 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 you know, not to hit on him too much, no problems since he left Kansas City. Hopefully that continues. Um, so let's get to the, I think we all agree. Mahomes doesn't get hurt. Chiefs won this game by maybe 14 points. The Browns could not stop. They just had no chance. Post Mahomes. Henny, I got we we already talked about him a little bit, but I just really want to dive in. The pass was terrible, but if you take that if you take that airmail punt away from him, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And you look at and you look at, it, at what he did: six of eight, sixty six yards. You know, key first downs. Did what he needed to do. That's what you want out of your backup quarterback. I did. Anybody ask him after the game what the hell he was thinking when he threw that ball? You know, I I didn't see. By the way, Jay Glazer just said or just reported on Mahomes, quote, the thought is he will be okay to play. It was almost like he got choked out. Not so much a concussion, but still has to go through the protocol. He was trying to get himself back in the game. There's a lot of confidence he'll be ready to go next week, end quote. Well, that's fantastic. I You know, I guess if you've got the jersey – it still could be putting pressure on the neck. I mean, you're all your body weight, all that stuff, and really more pressure on your neck, kind of wrapping around this way. That's what I, I don't know. It, they they had to be careful, but but I would assume that if he stands up, or if he goes into the what I don't know what the test is that they do on him back in the locker room. I, I don't either. I'd have to check. I, I try. I tried to find it before this podcast, and I couldn't. You would oh I did I read something about how that they'll like give them a string of numbers like you know four eight three seven and then they want you to repeat them back to them in reverse order and that they establish a baseline for you before the beginning of the season that everybody has to do it so if you didn't come back you, you know what I mean like you would think that it, there had to have been a concussion but that report seems to make it indicate that maybe it wasn't a concussion it's very this is very weird. And confusing. And again, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Because um, I don't know. I, I I don't know. And I'm actually going to text somebody who might know as we're doing this. Um, but I I wonder if, because, you know, they have baseline vitals as well that they take for these guys. And uh, I wonder if his vitals were just screwed up after that and they just couldn't clear. I mean, I, again, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not in that off or that, you know, that building, that locker room. I don't want anybody to take this as gospel. I'm kind of just taking a somewhat educated guess. I know the vitals are a part of it. I wonder if that is the case and he kind of got choked out. Is that what happened? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but you wonder maybe it was just a vitals thing where he just couldn't come back. I, you know, I and because they couldn't medically clear it. Yeah, and part of the evaluation is how does he act, right, on the field? I did read that as well. So he gets up. He's he's got the, the chicken legs. He, he he can't stand on his own. He doesn't have his balance. They do a close up of him on the on the broadcast, and he looks. He doesn't look like he knows. He looks like he's got stars in his eyes. Yes. So if you're the independent neurologist in this situation, maybe even if his vitals are close or he seems like he's close to baseline, you're looking at that tape. I mean, your job is to err on the side of caution in this situation, not to just be like, well, he's probably fine. Um, and I could see that might just be the situation right there where the independent neurologist was like, look, like the, there were too many bad signs to make it look like it was a concussion. And I'm just not, I don't feel comfortable sending him back out there. And if he did get choked out and he didn't have a concussion, well, then guess what? He's going to be fine with the concussion protocol stuff. Right. He would pass it. No problem. I mean, I will tell chief fans this right off the jump. 
don't freak out if he doesn't practice on Wednesday. It, it, it does not matter. This is not, and I'm just using him as an example because he was on the report, obviously, over the course of the week. This is not Sammy Watkins. Like, if Mahomes doesn't practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but he's good, like, if he gets, if he gets cleared Sunday, two minutes for a kickoff, he's playing. Like, I, I don't worry about, oh my goodness, he didn't play Wednesday. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a DMP at practice. It's fine. I, I wouldn't freak out because all it takes is, you know, they're going to go through these tests over and over and over. Once he passes them, that's it. It's not a matter of that he's got to practice X amount of days. And there, there's none of that. So I wouldn't worry about that. We don't even know what the status is yet with Breland, which is something I'll also try to find out while we're doing the pod. Um, so we're, we're going to find out. I mean, yeah, but if you're the, if you're the Chiefs, obviously you want him cleared as soon as possible, just because you want your your star quarterback healthy. But it's not a matter of if he doesn't practice for a day or two or something like that, that all of a sudden now he can't play. That that's not how it works. And you know, the good news is the the Chiefs have already played the Bills this year, so they know they know about the Bills, they know about the defense, they know the personnel. They're not. It's not like this this week where they were playing the Browns, a team that they had not played. They've already game plan for the Bills. Obviously, the Bills are playing really well right now, and Kansas City's going to want to add new wrinkles and all of those things, but there's less catching up to do in this situation. So we'll wait to hear more about Mahomes. Um, back to Henny. I don't know the answer to this. Was Matt Moore active for this game? Is he still on the roster? He is on the roster. I don't know if he was dressed. Um, I'm not 100% on that. But he is on the roster. He is their third quarterback. My guess is my I, I think you can always dress three quarterbacks. But maybe now you know what? I'm wrong with that. He is on the roster. He's the third quarterback. I do not think he was active for the game, but I, I would have to double check that. But he is their third yeah. quarterback. Well, I saw a lot of people after the, <laughs> the Henny pick put Matt Moore in. Matt Moore played so much better. I, I don't know if you could ask much more out of Henny. It was a, look, it was a bad mistake. You can't do it. You can't right. do it. But he will. Andy Reid was game. adamant that it was his fault after the game. Now, I don't know why. I mean, maybe Andy's just covering for his guy, or maybe there was something to that, and they, they screwed up the play call. I, I don't know. I'll say this though: you know what? Anybody who wants to get on Chad Henney, as far as I'm concerned, can get lost. Chad Henney is a massive reason they're in the AFC Championship game. You can yep. say whatever you want. Most teams lose the court. Like I, I got to tell you. If the Packers lost Aaron Rodgers in that situation, they're going home. Like the, the fact that Henny came in there, and I'll say the unsung thing of this is that he played week 17. That had to be huge. The Chad Henny played the entire game week 17. And he even said afterwards it, it really helped him out. So right. I give Henny a lot of credit. You could talk about, hey, you got to be prepared. You got, I get all that. He's been a backup now for like six years. That takes a lot of preparation, of the ability to turn on a switch. I mean, you're going from a guy who's been on the bench forever to, hey, by the way, Chad, here you go. Here's the AFC Divisionals. Get out Good there luck. and get it done. And he, yeah, I, the pick's awful. I'm not defending the pick. He played terrific. And when they needed him the most, he made a couple of huge plays. Yeah, I mean, he, you, they do not win this game if Chad Henney doesn't make a couple of huge plays late in the game. Absolutely. Okay. Taking our last break. We'll be back in just a minute. All right. We are back. So let's talk about some of the other heroes in this game. Uh, I want to, I want to highlight some of the, the, the defenders and just really the defensive unit as a whole. Obviously there, you, you've got Browns fans. They're salty. They're on Twitter. They're complaining about the hit because he fumbled the ball through the end zone and the antiquated rule and all of these things. And I tweeted this out. I said, with 11 minutes and seven seconds left, down five, the Browns let Chad Henney eat up seven minutes and 16 seconds over the last two drives, sandwiched between Cleveland's offense taking 351 to go 12 yards on seven plays. That's why the Browns lost. They, you couldn't, if you're Cleveland, you could not have dreamed of a better situation. If I told Browns fans, no. hey, hey, listen, it, 11 minutes left, uh, you know, Mahomes is going to be out of the game. And then with, uh, you know, a little over four minutes left, you're going to have the ball down five with the chance to win the game. They had the Chiefs on the ropes. 
and they just didn't get it done. And you know, a lot of do you think Kevin Stefanski should have gone for it on fourth down with four minutes left? Not not at fourth and nine. If 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 the Chiefs had Mahomes, yes. If the Chiefs had Mahomes at that point in time, I would have said, yeah, you know what? Take your shot because you're probably never seeing the football again. But again, as you said, and I agree with you, Patrick, I don't think the game's that close if Mahomes is still in the game. Right. If It felt like if Mahomes was in the game, the Chiefs would have just kind of pulled away and that would have been it. And they would have had that win that everybody's been like, why aren't they blowing teams out? Why aren't they? I think they finally would have had that. And Butker misses a few kicks and Mahomes gets knocked out and it goes sideways. Um, but I don't blame Stefanski because if I'm him, I'm thinking to myself, look, we punt the ball, we flip the field. We have to be able to stop Chad Henney. If we can't do that, we don't deserve to move on. And they had two shots. They had him in third and four. Okay. And then they get him third and 14 and Henny gets out the back door, runs for 13 and, and change. And on fourth down, look, if you go back and listen to the call, and I haven't heard Mitch hold this call, but Nance and Romo are stunned beyond words when they snapped the ball on fourth down. Nobody, incredible. and I'll be the first, I was shocked. I thought what they were going to do is I thought they were going to go up to the line, do a couple hard counts, let it run out, call timeout with like a second on the play clock, get a look at what Cleveland's doing setting up. But I did think they'd go for it. I thought they would call timeout and then go back out and run the ball. When he snapped the ball, I was, completely stunned. It, my first thought was, oh my God, did they like, did they snap it accidentally? Like, did, did, did Henny not know what to do? Like, nope. And then it was one of those things I can't speak for anybody else, but when I saw Hill as open as he was, my only thought was, oh God, just please catch it. Don't because drop the you, ball. Because if you catch it, you're going, I mean, it's a first day. Even if he goes out of bounds, it can take two knees instead of one to win the game. But he was so open. How many times do you see a guy they turn up field and they, you know, they, they leave it on their hip. It was a, yep. it was a great play and it sent them to their third straight AFC title game, which by the way, no AFC team had ever hosted three straight AFC title games before these chiefs. Nobody, wow. not the Pats. And the only other team to ever host three straight conference title games in NFL history, the 2002 to 2004 Philadelphia Eagles coached by Andy Reid. <laughs> He is, I, I want to talk a little bit more about that decision. Yep. You know, I, I've always been in the, I've always felt that everybody just likes to play both sides of these. You know, it doesn't work. The guy's an idiot. He's crazy. Should have right. just punt it. Let your defense take care of things. You know, I'm looking at this situation from just a pure logic standpoint. You have to get five inches to win the game. If you don't get the five inches, the other team still has to go about 50 yards and get a touchdown with no timeouts. Okay. That, so if you punt, what do you, what do you get? You maybe get 25 yards of field position. I know that helps out with the clock, but when you, if I told you, you had, you had to go five inches or you had to put the ball in the hands of somebody else who they're going to be running plays that you don't know what they are. And you're just going to do your best to try to stop them. I right. mean, just run to get the five inches, just get it. And I, I, I think that Andy used the NFL's outdated conservative thinking against them in this situation where he sends his team back out there and we all thought, yeah, they're just trying to get him to jump off sides. And I'll credit the Browns. I watched the replay a couple of times and a few, quite a few of those linemen got off with the snap. So good on them for, for, for being ready. But, yeah. you can't, I mean, but you can't tell me that it did help Tyree kill a little bit. Um, when he got off the line, how ma- are you mad at Andy if this play doesn't work? I am not on this podcast because I am on my way to Kansas City to have a one-on-one conversation. <laughs> Andy. Patrick, I, I, uh, I was not happy with Andy Reid throughout the game. I, I hated the option play even before Mahomes got hurt, and I really hated it after that. Um, I, I, I didn't understand the call for. The deep shot with Henny. Now, now, granted, maybe that wasn't the call. Maybe Henny just made a bad throw. But I, I didn't understand what the hell was going on. Like there were times in the, in that four minute drill where they were, you know, second and eight. I thought they should have just ran the ball. They throw it. Henny gets sacked. Like I was out of my mind. I was like, what are they doing? Just run the ball. Get it to a minute fifteen. Punt. 
And you know what? If the Browns with no timeouts go 75 yards, they deserve to lose. I mean, that was my thought process. However, when it got the fourth and, and inches, I thought the Chiefs should go for it. I agreed. Now, I was blown away that they were throwing it. But look, again, I said earlier in the podcast, that is the kind of play that if it works, you're a genius. And if, it's, if it doesn't, it's your ass. It, but it worked. I mean, I'm not a big I, – I try to judge decisions based on what I think the mental process is, not the result. But in that situation, when the result is so massive, did it work? And to be fair, Hill was wide open. I mean, it worked. They got, he had and I don't know if five yards this. of separation, I saw. Henny and Mahomes talked about that play in that situation on Saturday, according to Chad Henny. And they knew that if they came into a fourth and one, a big spot, that was the play they wanted. They, they felt that Cleveland, from their tape, uh, had, had always played man in those situations. And the Chiefs thought they could get a huge mismatch with Hill. So that wasn't just some whim of a call. This was according to Chad Henney. I mean, these guys had talked about this all week, that if, we, if a spot comes up in the game where it's fourth and short and we got to have it, we're running a speed out to Tyreek Hill. Well, scouting was great. Execution was great. Chiefs are on to the next round. Yeah, I got this tweet. Uh, actually, our, our boss, Zach Best, sent it to me. Next gen stats on fourth and inches with the game on the line. Andy Reid set up a high probability pass. Chad Henney to Tyreek Hill on a sprint out drop back, targeting the flat. 88.9% completion probability. Time to throw 1.94 seconds. Hill separation 5.6 yards. Absolutely incredible. And you saw he just gave a little fake to the defender. The defender went right. And we all know how fast Tyreek Hill is. That was all she wrote. I love the call. I love it because you don't lose the game on that play, but you can win it on that play. So I'm all for it. I, I will say I had a heart attack when I saw Chad Henney kind of rolling out to the right. I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> like Daryl Williams is running up and down the field. Again, I want to another hats off to Daryl Williams. Uh, everyone else is always going to forget that he caught that first first down and got across the line on that sequence to help them salt away the game along with you know carrying it for 13 times 13 times for 78 yards um do you think Lev, Lev Bell was still a little banged up here in this game I don't know you know I was surprised to be honest I thought he would play a lot and he didn't um I I was I was surprised um but in the end I also was fine with the way Darrell Williams played. Like, I get it. If you're the Chiefs, the way you start out the game, you're like, all right, screw it. Like, give Darrell Williams some run. You know, Bell only got two carries for six yards. Was targeted twice in the passing game. Didn't catch either one of them. I think if you're if you're Andy, look, you ride whoever's hot. Now, they expect Edwards Alaire to play on Sunday. They believe that he will be back. He was close this week, so they, they are going to get him back. The, my big question now is, like, Sammy Watkins, is he going to play? Are we going to see Sammy Watkins? I don't know. He's been out for a month with a strained calf. He has a lengthy injury history. He did not play the first time they played in Buffalo, for the record, if that matters to anyone. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he plays, but they could use him. But to be fair, though, when Mahomes was in there, the offense looked just fine. Didn't hurt him. And Buffalo's defense is not exactly the steel curtain. So I, I don't think the Chiefs will struggle to move the ball if Mahomes is right. My big question is Mahomes healthy with the head and then the toe thing. Like, is is his toe really effed up? Because that's a problem. Now, he, he looked mostly fine, but that's something that, like, it's going to stiffen up. He's going to wake up tomorrow. Is his toe okay? Is it a sprain? Is it a strain? Is it he kind of jammed it? I mean, I, you know, what is it? But, you know, that that's something to watch too. I mean, there's a lot going on with Mahomes. Yeah, it's going to be pain management for him. It looks like if he's able to go, uh, but he was moving around all right. Just he was, you know, he was. We get the adrenaline's pumping. Um, we know turf toe can can be a big problem if you're a running back or a receiver, quarterback. Painful, but can probably get back out there. So let's start talking about the. Oh, I'll just leave this. I'll, I'll put a bow on on Chiefs Browns and congrats to the Browns and and Kevin Stefanski to get the Cleveland Browns to the man basically just performed a miracle um, and seems like the future is bright there, but the chiefs in this game, 
outrushed the Cleveland Browns 123 yards to 112. So probably didn't see that one coming into the game. Chiefs can do what they need to do to win. Let's turn the page to the Buffalo Bills. We're not going to do our full game preview, obviously, but we'll just give you a little appetizer. Obviously, we know earlier this year the Chiefs handled the Bills pretty easily. I'm going to say it was one of the few games where I just wasn't very much worried. It was very clear to me that they were going to win. They did a really great job on Josh Allen. The Bills couldn't run the ball. The Chiefs ran all over Buffalo. I, I rewatched the game uh, late last week. They replayed it on NFL Network. I was doing a little film study. How are you feeling heading into this game? Just initial thoughts with as explosive as the Bills have been on offense recently. You know what? I might surprise people with this, or maybe I won't at all because I tend to always seem to pick the Chiefs, and for good reason. They seem to win every game they play. Um, I think the Chiefs match up great with the Bills. I really do. Like I, I think this is a bad matchup for Buffalo. And that's not to say I think the Chiefs will blow them out. I don't. Okay? I don't feel that way. But I do think that this is a situation where the Bills are a team. They do not pressure the quarterback much. They don't run the ball. They don't have a tight end or a back who catches the ball very often. And the Chiefs are really good against receivers. The Chiefs are just very, very good at taking your receivers out of the game. And Fenton hopefully is back this upcoming week. That would be big for them with Beasley in the slot. If Breland's there, I mean, these are now, and all this comes with the caveat. The Chiefs have to be somewhat healthy. I mean, they're going there just decimated. And yeah, it's a rough game. But um, I, I know this might be crazy. I would put Snead on Diggs. I really would. He's been unbelievable. He's the best corner on the team. I, I'm not saying I'd put him exclusively on him. I mean, I, sure, look, I'd give Breland some run, too. Breland played well against him in the first game, if memory serves. But uh, I think the Chiefs match up well. Like, the tight ends and backs always seem to kill Kansas City because they just don't match up great with them. The Chiefs match up well with them. I, I Look, so the first time these teams saw each other, and the weather was not great, but obviously that goes for both sides. Mahomes was 21 to 26 with 225, 8.7 yards in attempt, two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked once for a four yard loss. Chiefs ran the ball for 245 yards. The Bills ran 23 times for 84 yards, 3.7 yards in attempt. And Allen had eight scrambles for 42 yards. Singletary went for 10 and 32. And Zach Moss went for five and 10, but he's out. He won't play. Diggs had six catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. I'm going to say this right now. If Mahomes is playing and he's right, if Stephon Diggs has six catches for 46 yards and a touchdown, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. They are not yeah. going to lose his game if Stephon Diggs does that. And for the record, Josh Allen in that game, 14 of 27 for a buck 22. Like, again, the Chiefs would be going to the Super Bowl. So I think it's a good matchup. You know, I, I really do. I think I think Kansas City, you know, it, this is a game where, and by the way, the yardage, the last thing in that game, the yardage was 466 to 206. Um, I, I just, I think it's a game where the, the strengths of the Chiefs match up well with Buffalo's weaknesses. Buffalo has a great corner in Tredavious White, but their coverage otherwise is somewhat suspect. You can beat them on the uh, on the other corners. They, the Bills like to blitz. They're top 10 in blitz, but they don't get home a lot. Offensively, again, they don't run the ball particularly well. They're in the bottom third of the league. They don't have tight ends or, or backs who scare you in the passing game. The line is okay. It's good, but it's not great. It's kind of similar to the Chiefs line. Like It's maybe a little better than the Chiefs line, but it's not a wall. It's not Cleveland's line. Um, I just think the Chiefs match up well. Like I, I really do. I, I think it's a good matchup. The biggest concern I have right now is just health. I mean, how how healthy is Kansas City going into the game? Not just Mahomes, but Watkins and Fenton and and Breland um, and 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 Edwards Alaire. Although it seems like he'll play, um, those are my main concerns. I think if the Chiefs are healthy, I actually think it's a good matchup for them. I really do. Yeah, the Chiefs ran for two hundred and forty-five yards against the Bills the first time they played them. Uh, Edwards Hilaire looked great. It was his, his last game, the last game he played before Le'Veon Bell joined the team. Yeah, I feel pretty good about this game. The Bills did not have John Brown the last time that they played, who stretches the field a little bit for them. Um, Cole Beasley said a great season. He basically is the running game for the Bills, uh, just through the air. 
And obviously the chiefs need to do a good job of taking away digs, but I feel pretty good about it. I also feel good about, and they had the chiefs had this advantage in this game as well. The chiefs have been to the mountaintop. They've been to Foxborough in the playoffs. They've, they've, you know, they've been down 24 points. They were in the Super Bowl, down 10 midway through the fourth quarter. And there is something about being in those types of situations and having that experience. They've been without Mahomes for critical games in the regular season that they needed to win to try to keep pace with other teams. Now they've been without Mahomes in a playoff game with their backs against the wall. Yep. The Buffalo Bills have never been in this position before. Josh Allen has never been in this position before to, to, to play a game with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And I just think that that's going to matter in a game like this to some degree. I agree. I agree. And you know what? We saw when it mattered when the Chiefs lost to New England. When, you know, right. those, those little things, those four inches, they matter. You know, you, you lose focus for a second. Football's all about matchups. Like everybody's going to go crazy with the Packers this week. I'll tell you right now, the Packers are going to have a problem with Tampa in that game. I don't know if the Packers will lose the game, but that game is going to be a hard fought game. Tampa is just, they're a bad stylistic matchup for the Packers. The Chiefs are a very weird matchup for Buffalo. Buffalo, and, and I, I'll be the first to admit it. Like I said, it was a huge coin flip game, the, the Bills and the Ravens. And I ended up picking Baltimore by the slimmest of the margins. But I said every time I talked about the game that I thought the difference was going to be could Buffalo stop them on first down, which they did, and who was going to make the huge mistake. Obviously, if you watch the game, it was Lamar Jackson throwing that interception. Okay, I mean, so I was wrong with the pick, but I was right in the process. In this process, I look at this game and say, listen, Kansas City knows in this game they don't even have to worry about the run. They do not have to. Dable went a whole half without running the football. Right. So you know they're going to throw the ball. I would be blown away if they don't do that. And so I think you're looking at a game where Buffalo is going to come out and Buffalo is going to say, look, we've got to spread out the Chiefs. We've got to get rid of the ball. And if I'm Kansas City, I'm saying I am going to take digs out of this game. Beasley's been playing hurt. I get Browns a speedster, but you know what? The Chiefs have sa safeties who can run. Like to me, I am I am taking digs out of the game by all costs. Beat me anywhere else. I don't care. I'm because Diggs is the first receiver in, mo in most of their their progressions. If you watch their games, take him out of the game. Force Allen to go other places. And one other thing they did in that game the first time that was very impactful, and I think they'll do it again. If you go back and watch the film of that game, the Chiefs would show one defense almost right up to the snap, and then they'd completely switch out of it. And it caused Allen to hold the ball a lot. And so I think if you're the Chiefs, look, you don't even necessarily have to sack Allen, but you've got to force him to move. You've got to force him to, to get off his spot a little bit. Uh, but keep in mind, like, he can run. He's athletic too. This is going to be a very good game. I think it's a very close game. I think it's a very good game. But I do think matchup-wise, there's a lot more checks in the Chiefs column than there is in Buffalo's, just in the way the two teams play. All right. Well, we get to take a breather now and watch the Twitter feeds to for any news on Patrick Mahomes' ongoing injury. Before we go, I just want to get who gets your arrowhead for the divisional round victory. I'm going to be corny with this. All of them. Because that game was... Everybody chipping in. I, I guess if I had to pick, I, God, I don't know. Chad Henney. And I know he threw that awful pick, yeah. but like they don't win the game without Chad Henney at the end of that thing. I, I get it. The pick's awful. If you wanted to argue in a more practical sense, I mean, Darrell Williams was terrific. Dan Sorensen, Tyron Matthew, Sneed. You could, you could go on down the line. But for me... It's it's Henny in the sense that he made the two biggest plays of the game at the very end. I mean, you know, Sorensen obviously made a huge one as well, but I I don't know. I think the whole team it's a total team effort, but I'll, I'll go Henny because I I think to be called into that spot and need to perform it's so hard, and he did it perfectly, save for one horrible throw. <laughs> 
I'm going to give mine to Dirty Dan Sorensen. I mean, the guy just, we've talked about how he has a knack for dislodging the ball. And in this particular situation, how many guys in the NFL, even in the NFL, give up on that play? He was in. He was, I he totally left the ground. Not, yep. Sorensen knew, he, not only did he knew he had to dive, he knew there was only one way he was, he was stopping him. And he turned himself into a missile and he made a play. Just absolutely incredible. It reminded me a little bit of that LeBron James chase down block in, yeah. uh, in the 2016, because like it was literally that close. It was the ball was just about to go over the goal line and he hit him and it, and, and, and it did go over the goal line. But unfortunately, unfortunately for the Chiefs, not in his hand. One last thing. How do you feel about that rule? I hate it. I think it's antiquated and stupid. And I don't think we should, we should uh, de-incentivize players to dive at the end zone because I think that makes for more exciting football. I think it should just be like a 15-yard penalty or you put them back at the 20 or they, and they lose the down. What do you, what's your take on that debate? Um, I love the rule today, but yeah, right. You know, I know I, look, man, I agree. I don't like the rule either. Um, I just think it's a play where if you know, the, the ball goes back to wherever you previously had it, it's a 10 yard penalty from that spot and a loss of down. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Um, yeah, but you know what? There's also the argument. I saw a lot of players, ex players make it. Don't fumble. I mean, Right. You know, you know what the rule is. Like, I agree, it's a shit rule. Excuse me, it's crap rule. But it, you know what? It, it, it's the rule. And I'm watching the player now over and over in front of me here on Twitter, and I'm watching Sorensen. You know what? The Chiefs are this glitz and glamour team, and everybody thinks about them from Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill and Hardman and all their high flyers. And I, and I, I get it, and deservedly so. Right. That play, though, along with Henny's scramble on third down. That to me epitomizes why they they are champions. We can talk about all that other stuff, and it's all valid because without the glitz and the glamour, they're not a championship team. But I've seen plenty of teams in my lifetime who had all that glitz and had no rings for it. And the Chiefs, in big moments the last couple of years, when they've had to have it, and Sorensen has been at the forefront, they find a way. And how often is it a guy who you'd never talk about otherwise who makes a huge, huge impact. You think about Sorensen in the divisionals last year, right? You think about a couple of the plays he made. I think back to the Super Bowl, and I think about Darrell Williams' run, excuse me, Damian Williams' run, at the end to clinch it. And it's Anthony Sherman and Byron Pringle making two fantastic blocks. And nobody talks about it, and I understand that they're two blocks, but that play doesn't happen. If Byron Pringle doesn't block his guy literally out of bounds, he's blocking him so hard. There are so many times if you watch Chiefs film where Demarcus Robinson is blocking a guy 30 yards downfield. And let me tell you, I watch every team. Do you know how rare that is? Do you know how rare it is that a guy like Sammy Watkins is blocking somebody 35 yards down the field and he's making $12 million a year? Or that a defensive tackle, and I saw Wharton do this, who, by the way, also had an excellent game today. You know, Wharton today made a tackle at one point like 15 yards downfield. On a passing play. I mean, those are the types of things. They don't show up flashing in a box score. They're never going to stand out. But those are the differences when you get to this time of year between going on and going home. And if Sorensen doesn't make that play, they very well might have gone home today. But he made it because he didn't quit. And he kept going. And that's why he's made it in the NFL. as an undrafted free agent who, frankly, is not that big. Not that, not that fast, but he's on his, what, second contract, and he's going to probably get a third, and why? Because he never quits, and it was a huge, huge turning point in the game. If, Dan, if the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year, is Dan Sorensen a ring of honor guy for you? You know, it's funny. I thought about that. I actually thought not so much if they won the Super Bowl, just in general. I almost feel like he has to be. Right, like, I agree. How many players have been more important to the fortunes of this team than Daniel Sorensen? Really you know, I mean, incredible. It's like I understand he's never going to be Chris Jones or Tyron Matthew, where these guys were obviously going in their ring of fame. And I get it if he doesn't go. Like I, I also, I totally understand. It. But you wouldn't get an argument from me because if if your if your theory of who should be in the ring of fame 
is you can't tell the story of the Chiefs without this guy, then he's in. He's in. He's made some of the biggest plays in the history of the franchise. I would love to see it. And I would love to see the Chiefs back in the Super Bowl, heading back down to Florida. One more game, y'all. One more game. So we got to get healthy, got to get right, and got to get ready for a formidable opponent in Buffalo. We will be back later on this week to do our formal preview of that game. Hopefully we'll know a little bit more about everyone's health. Hopefully we'll get Clyde back, get Pat back, and be ready to rock. Uh, If you like what you heard on this podcast, you can subscribe to us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at at rpatrickallen. He is at at Matt Verderam. Make sure you give a follow to the lead expert of Arrowhead Addict, Matt Connor. He's at at Matt Connor AA. And of course, follow at Arrowhead Addict. Head on over to Apple. Leave us a review for this podcast, a written review. We talk food on this podcast. We talk cheese football. I bought some, some Oreo O's today at the store just to get ready for the game. Very excited. Going to tear into those tomorrow morning as a little victory cereal. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I got a box of uh, the, the, um, cocoa and peanut butter pebbles right next to the box of the Oreos. It's getting, it's getting a little out of control on the cereal front. Very exciting. (laughs) All right, everybody. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later in this week. And as always, go Chiefs.